We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, join our Facebook group at Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. This week's guest is Elsie Flanard and Lori Rifkin. That is right. I have two guests on the show, and I'll get into the details of that in just a moment. Let me introduce Elsie. He's going to say, don't use the word pigeonhole around him. Don't even try. Describe him this way, and he'll point that one out. Change your perspective, and he'll lead you down another path. Maybe without your, maybe without you even realizing, he's a creative dude, an entrepreneur, a family man, a business owner. No box fix, fits. It doesn't even exist. He's a man of original thoughts, all products of unique thinking. Above all, LZ is a storyteller. He unpacks topics from unexpected directions, weaving my red influences into the music, speaking, and podcasting. Society, business, current events, you can never predict his take. Suffice to say, it's probably different than you've, than you've encountered. Why do things happen? How do they drive behavior? Most importantly, what do you think? Elsie wants to know. Dialogue and conversations are great teachers. Listening inspires Elsie. Yes, listening. Almost a forgotten skill in an era of endless chatter and oversized bullhorns. All right, there's Elsie. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. I'm excited to have the mayor of Podcast Town on my podcast. Um, for a second time, I believe, right? Yes. Second time. <laughs> it's a charm. It, it was, I don't even know how long ago it was the first time. Um, but the second guest today is Lori Rifkin. He is a CPA, has 40 years of business experience, ranging from accounting, operations, sales, and marketing. He specializes in returning companies to profitability. He owns four businesses in Milwaukee, a business turnaround and profit, profit improvement firm, a bookkeeping and accountant service company, a networking training and event company, and residential rental units on Milwaukee's east side. A core introvert, he wanted a large network, but there was one problem. Networking terrified him. Lori, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Lori. It's a pleasure being on here. You know, um, my son Chase introduced us, and he's over today. This is a full circle day for me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Chase was a student, not once, but twice of mine. And it was a pleasure to have him in the class. So make sure you say hello to him for me. I will. Um, my pure and genuine curiosity has me wondering, how did the two of you get connected? Well, I think Algie should tell the story. Well, it was it was funny because I met Lori at a networking event, of course, and uh, I am very sensitive to my gut when my gut tells me that, hey, this is a person that I need to connect with or uh, deepen a relationship with. And so I had seen um, him on LinkedIn with the lunch with Lori stuff. And, you know, I said to him, you know, I'd, I'd like to do a lunch with Lori. And we just couldn't find a time that works because everybody wants to have lunch with Lori. And so we ended up doing a breakfast. And very long story short, uh, he 
ask he would he would ask me these questions that a, a person that you were just meeting shouldn't be asking. And I thought to myself, why is this guy asking me these types of questions? And but it was intriguing, and it it made me really uh, open my perspective to uh, deepening relationships and and being curious uh, and open to other people's perspectives. Um, and so that's kind of how it all got started in terms of our relationship. And um, this was a little bit before COVID happened. And um, the obviously we could you couldn't do lunch with Lori in person. And so, we, you know, we, we were like, okay, well, what's going to happen with lunch with Lori? And I said, well, do it virtually. He's like, well, I don't really want to do all the stuff. It's like, well, I'll do the stuff. You be Lori, you show up and you do your thing. And nine sessions later, your lunch with Lori virtual is is still around. So, uh, so that's the short version uh, from my perspective how how it came about. Well, and look at that nine sessions later, and I I know um, I've participated in two of them, which I, I didn't know at the time. But you only allow one 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 session per person, right? Uh, you cheated the system, Lori. Yeah, a couple of people cheat, but the thing <laughs> is, that breakfast led to over two hundred people going through Lounge of Lori so far. So this, and it's international. There are people from all over the United States and internationally have now been to a Lounge of Lori event. That's awesome. Nice job, guys. So um, for those that are not familiar with, and it's actually a hashtag lunch with Lori, correct? <laughs> um, why would someone want to attend? Um, because we don't get to tell the story of our lives. It's usually a rush to business or getting something networking. Lunch of Lori is about telling some aspect of your life story. And the stories are compelling. There have been lunch of lorries when people have cried because the stories are sad. And there's been lunch of lorries where we can't stop laughing. But one thing, people learn they're not alone because there's a lot of common themes from a lunch of lorry. I think, Elsa, you would probably second that, too, from what you've seen. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think I've learned things about people that um, I would have never ever learn in a in a zillion years in a business setting uh and so it's refreshing to be able to see that side of people without um even really knowing what they do for a business it's um it's really really cool to to be able to genuinely meet people and have those authentic conversations all right so now you've you've tickled my fancy a little bit i want to know what are some of these common themes and and is there maybe one or two stories you can share about you know uh something happened or someone that was totally surprised what their background was? Well, I, I think um, some of the stories that are amazing, there was a woman who uh, I asked, uh, what's your favorite charity? But I want to know the why. And um, one of the, the people go is veterans is to told the story of her. I think her father at agent orange had died from that LZ. And it was a sort of a tearjerker. But there's been people who have stories that are funny. We had a gentleman who drove a train. He's not he wasn't an engineer. He just drove a train. Uh, people have have had cars going ditches when they're chasing people. It's just amazing stories. But one one thing too, lunch of Lori, it's equal opportunity networking because I don't let you say what you do for a living. I don't let you do your elevator pitch. You're there as a person. And that's probably the most unique part of it. A C, I've had CEOs next to the unemployed and everyone is equal. And on the second part, they're equal. Every single person has to participate. LZ and I call on every single person 
to, to explain one of their answers. And that's what makes it unique. Everyone is the same and introverts and extroverts both got an answer. Nice. Makes sense. It helps those that may be feeling outside of their comfort zone, um, more comfortable to take that next step and, and have a conversation in a, in a room with people. So I, you've got this phrase that you use, which is um, stop having Zoom fatigue. And can you share a little bit about how do you get around it? Yeah, most people come to Zoom meetings, in my experience so far, this is not 100% to show up. They want to tell their boss they're participating. And when you do that, it becomes a routine. You go, I got to go to another Zoom meeting. I have developed systems that supercharge your networking when you go to a Zoom meeting. I have pre-built templates that have connection requests. They have a spot for pictures, a spot for me to write down who I want to connect to, the outline of a post for an event. So when I go to a Zoom event, it's like networking in person for me because I come totally prepared. And what usually happens is after an event, I do a post about an events organization before they can even think about doing it. And so for me, the Zoom meetings are refreshing because it gives me a competitive edge. I'm the first to post. I, I put a plug in for my company and it's given me thousands of new connections. So it's not fatigue for me. It's like a game that I have, I have, I have sort of gamed the system using simple ideas to build a system that allows me to get a giant multiplier effect from a Zoom meeting. Nice. And, and I know you've shared some of that before, but sounds like really with any networking you do, you need to have a plan in advance of attending. And that's what you're, you fleshed out is that you have a plan of attack um, before you actually attend the event. Correct. But having a plan means something if you don't implement it. And what I've learned is fast implementation gives you a competitive advantage. All right. I appreciate that. Um, so let's talk a little bit deeper about networking. And if you can share some of your personal experiences, your most successful or favorite networking story that you've had, who would like to take this one? Good, Elsie, go. All I right. can go. Um, I think for, for me, when I look at networking, I, I'm, a, I'm a farmer, right? In terms of um, how I approach business and how I approach giving value to people. I like to cultivate and water the seed and build relationship. Uh, but I think it's, it's extremely important to be authentic and genuine in that relationship as well. You know, you're not looking for a sale or looking for what you can get. You're truly and authentically looking for how you can help and how you can add value and how you can connect. And when you go into any environment with that perspective and that mindset, um, amazing things happen. So I think, um, you know, a lot of the opportunities that I've had in, in business and in life have come come from and as a result of those relationships that um, have been cultivated. So I think for me, the the key is, uh, again, being authentic and, and um, really open minded and adding value to people and being that connector. 100 percent. I, I agree with that. Do you have a, a story that stands out where you, you built this relationship off of your being authentic and genuine? Yeah, so I, I, I'm i a podcaster. Um, I don't know if people know that or not. So a lot of uh, my relationships come from either former guests or me being a guest on podcast. And very long story short, I, I had a guest on the show 
and um, they had connections with people at Podcast Movement. And so this past year, I got the opportunity to be one of the speakers, which is one of my, you know, bucket list items is to speak at this conference, the largest conference, podcast conference in the entire world on the face of this planet. And I got that opportunity because of the relationship that had been fostered and built. That's awesome. And you were able to get this bucket list movement and activity happen in sounds like pretty expedited form here. Yes. That's awesome. And it was fantastic, by the way. I'm still, I I still geek out a little bit about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I've been part of that community for a while. And um, yeah, that's, that's amazing. I know it's not easy to get on that stage there. So kudos to you for making it happen. Um. How do you stay in front of and best nurture your network? I mean, Lori, you talked about having thousands of people that you've connected to. How do you maintain that that relationship and nurture as as Elsie was talking about? Um, there's two things that go hand in hand. Having interesting content that people want to look for and engaging them by responding to their posts. Um, it is interesting. I had to slow down because I got busy at work in um posting one of my former bosses who never comments or likes on anything says, I noticed you slow down. I hear that a lot from people who watch what I'm doing, enjoy reading it, but they never like or comment. And so that's really the true gauge of your engagement. There's always the people who like and comment, but the ones who don't are your real audience. Cause there's probably three of those to everyone who engages. So you have to have content that's interesting. So I write lunch of Lori's stories about people I met and I find amazing connections. My last one, I network in Florida now of all places. I meet a gentleman, gentleman, Ed Katz, who tells me, you know, I asked about your hobbies. He goes, I like baseball. Tells me a story how he took a picture of Willie Mays. Willie Mays was my idol growing up when I lived in Chicago. I would go to Cub games and cheer against the Cubs because I like the Giants. And here he's showing me a picture of Willie Mays. Those connections you just find with people from talking to him are what drive engagement. I have a connection to him going forward. He will always remember that. And he actually, after that call, introduced me to a real high-end networking group in New York City. So that's the thing. If you engage people and they love what you're engaging on, your content and stories you share, they refer you on. Love it. Elsie, you want to contribute to that question at all? I'm not other than I completely agree. Um, And Mm -hmm. in podcasting, I call it podcast rain. Uh, So for the purpose of this show, we'll call that networking rain. You know, the things (laughs) that happen that you, you know, you couldn't even have have imagined uh, happen when you when you network the right way. Indeed, exactly. Yeah, I think we got, I know you've done this previously, but I really have a different definition of networking today. It came about in the last um, three weeks. Networking is sales. It's sale of sale of the most important product in the world. That's yourself. Mm-hmm. And I, even as much as I network, I didn't think of it that way, but it really is. It's a sales function. I'm selling stories of people. And I also sell in selling other people's stories, sell my story because I share my stories, vulnerable, fun, happy. It really is sales. Yeah, I agree with that. And whenever anyone says they're not interested in sales, the reality is we're we're always selling. We're always selling 
ourselves, our personality, our skills, our strengths. Yeah, hundred percent. Everyone is always selling. Um, so good point. Thanks for that share. Uh, my next question here is, uh, what advice would you offer that business professional who is really looking to grow their network? It depends on the purpose. So Launch of Lori is a general networking um, sort of company. So I, have a, I will connect with everybody. I want a very broad network, but I mine that network. The people I meet who might not be a connection for my business part of my network, I mine their second and third level connections to find potential business out there. So I'm a general networker who hones in on specific people who could help me in my accounting solutions and clarity business. So I have a, a hybrid strategy. Some people might be struck, very focused, only want to talk to people who could give them business. And there's others that are just totally meet anybody with no other purpose. It depends on what your goals are in life. Yeah, I agree. It is very much goal-driven. Elsie, any contribution to growth advice for growing your network? Yeah, I think in, um, in addition to what Lori shared is um, being organized is, is super important. Um, my CRM is my best friend uh, to tag different contacts, to tag, you know, what they might be looking for, how I can connect them, uh, because I meet a lot of people. And sometimes, even though I'm really good with uh, faces, I will forget your name. <laughs> so oh, my CRM really helps keep me uh, in alignment with who I've met, what we talked about, how what they're looking for at the time. And that does change, you know, their birthday um, and ways that I can have those touch points that uh, if I were relying on my my memory, uh, it would fail me <laughs> catastrophically. But, uh, you know, having it organized really helps me um focus on those relationships and, and maintain them. Um, I know you mentioned earlier, you know, when you're meeting so many people, how do you sort of keep track of it all? And my CRM is, 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 uh, literally a lifesaver. It helps me, you know, manage, you know, when's the last time Lauren and I had a conversation or last time we talked, what, you know, what did we say and those types of things. So, um, so in addition to, you know, to being really, you know, intentional and, and strategic, I think being organized is important as well because it's really difficult to grow when you don't have that foundation. Yeah, that's a really good, uh, solid tip is to have, and, and to start that earlier on in the process. So one, you get in the habit of it. And two, as you continue to have a, a larger and larger network, you already have the system in place so that you're not trying to scramble at the end. You know, when you've got 3000 contacts to figure out, you know, who needs what and who's who and, and whatnot. So that's great advice. Okay, so this is a fun one and I would definitely like both of your uh, stories on this, I guess. If you could go back to your 20 year old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of less of or differently with regards to your professional career? I'll go. Um, I never believed in networking. I hated networking and I wanted nothing to do with it probably for the first 30 years of my business career, which is my biggest regret. The reason for that was as an introvert, I just had a terrifying fear of going up to strangers and saying, what am I gonna talk about? What, what are they gonna think about me? So I let that fear stop me. And if you're an introvert, I wish I had a mentor at a time, but I would tell you just take baby steps, but you gotta take a step. If you stand still, you're in the sniper's sniper's eye. 
You have to move. And it take say, just set yourself a goal. It's going to take 24 months for me to learn to do this because it will take 24 months, but just start. That's my biggest regret. Yeah, that's good. I like that. And having a mentor thing is great advice too. And I love the baby steps approach. Elsie, what about you? What would you tell your 20 year old self to do more of less of or differently with regards to your professional career? That would be, that's a difficult question because if I knew then what I knew now, I'd be further ahead, I think. But I don't know that I would give myself a ton of detail because I think I would, I would, I would rob myself of the experiences and the lessons that I've learned. So I would basically just tell myself to stay focused, stay steady and be open. Uh, and I think that that would be the, the sort of the guiding principles that would still allow me to get those experiences because my experiences have made me who and what I am today. Um, and but I, I think uh, understanding the the focused uh, and steady. Right. Because sometimes young people, they go really, really fast, but they're everywhere. They're not focused. And so one of the things I, I tell my son is, you know, be steady and focused, uh, because when you're steady and focused, you you really gain a lot of ground uh, at, at a pace that's that's sustainable and allows you to, to really grow. Mm-hmm. So I'm another, sorry. No, another question here is, do you think you would actually have listened to yourself if you know your 20 year old self and you, you've got this future you telling you this, would you have actually listened? That is a fascinating question to even think about. I think I would have listened sort of. I was um <laughs> I was always a, a pretty studious young person. So had I met myself uh, at the point where I am now, I th- I think I would have listened. I would have probably wanted more. I would probably say I need more detail. I know that for a fact because I know me, but I think I would appreciate the fact that I, that my older self didn't give me the detail. I would question my advice, but I would take it, I think. <laughs> what about you, Lori? I, I would add um, one other point that's critical. Um, coming, I was a more analytical introvert and I didn't like failure. I would go back and embrace failure. Every time I fail, it reinvigorates me to do something different and come up with answers. I wish I would have learned failure is the cost of good sort of success at a younger age. Because I, I tried it, we, um, Lori Mendelson and I tried to do a dating game version. We failed, not because no one showed up, but only females wanted to come. But I have another idea how to respin it. So failure is the key to success embrace failure and introverts learn to accept failure is not a negative. It's really a positive. Nice. Nice. I like how that was stated. Um, All right. So now I'm going to give you the opportunity to interview me. What is something that you'd like to ask me? If you could restart these podcasts, would you do it the same way you did originally? Yeah. I like the structure. I think the only thing I would do differently is actually put some more um, stronger call to actions and try to get a sponsor earlier on. So my question is related to your business. Mm -hmm. When you, when you look at your business um, today versus when you first started, what are some of the things that you would, that, that you wish you knew when you started? Oh, wow. 
How much time do we have? <laughs> um, let's see. I think first off, and this is something I, I do advocate for strongly with people that are getting into business is I wish I would have had a mentor and or a coach right away because I'm very stubborn type A. I want to do it all and I want to do it all myself. Um, and that was great. And I had a lot of energy until that energy fizzled out and I, I made the mistakes. Um, I learned from them, but it would have been great to have a little bit of guidance and education on the things that I had weaknesses in. Got it. Uh, I, I feel I feel like I'm breaking a rule here, but can I ask just one follow up? question? Uh, you're the only person <laughs> ever that's had a follow up question. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> so I'm always curious to know, you know, in business, especially when uh, industries mature and have matured, there's always um, competition and people who do um, similar to similar things to what you do. How do you approach competition and what are your what is your perspective on that? I don't really pay too much attention to the competition I focus on building the relationships and um, advocating, well, it's getting people to trust me. And the way I do that is by educating them and I, I show my expertise. I mean, this is, it's thought leadership, it's um, authority on our space. And, you know, at the end of the day, the buyer can decide who they want to work with. And I just put my best foot forward. And, and if they feel I'm the best decision, then yay. <laughs> um, I mean, there's, there's always going to be competition. So at the end of the day, I'm, if I stress about that, I feel that's wasted energy. Cool. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I'll be good uh, now. <laughs> I should look back. I think someone asked me like five questions once. I was like, oh, whatever, five? that's fine. <laughs> oh no, no, but you're cut off now. <laughs> um, all right. So let's, let's uh, wrap it up here. Any final word of advice to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? Um, I would add, if you're an introvert, come to a lunch of Lori networking event because um, you will feel comfortable doing it because you're talking about yourself, not asking other people stuff. Um, and even though it might scare you up first, almost every introvert who's come, I've gotten a note after and said, thank you. Um, I didn't want to come, but it was a great environment and I was felt comfortable talking and participating. So just take that first step. It's a, it's a great way to start networking um, to come to a lunch of Lori. All right. Fantastic. Elsie. Yeah, I would just add that um, I happen to believe that uh, that exists on a spectrum. There are people who are extreme introverts and there are people who are extreme extrovert extroverts. I happen to be an ambivert, which I'm, you know, somewhere on that spectrum. So I think this this Lunch with Lori is a really cool event because whether you're all the way on one side of either um, of the spectrum, you'll still get a ton out of it. So if you're a extreme extrovert, you'll love laughing at the people's stories. If you're extreme introvert, you'll, um, you'll come out of your shell a bit and understand that, um, that it's okay. Uh, and if you're in the middle, like me, you'll laugh at both the introvert and the extrovert. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I, I label myself an ambivert as well. So uh, ambiverts unite, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
All right, Lori and Elsie, if anyone was interested in getting in contact with you, what is the best way that they can reach you? For me, connect with me on LinkedIn and shoot me a message um, is the best way to do that. All right. And Elsie? I'll, I'll copy uh, Lori a little bit here. I'll say connect with me on LinkedIn as well as shoot me an email at mayor at podcasttown.net. All right. And we'll include all that information as well as um, a link to the Lunch with Lori event page in our show notes. Thank you so much, Lori and Elsie, for taking the time to be on the show today. Thank you for having us. Thanks so much. All right. Well, this wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Elsie and Lori for taking the time to connect with us. If you want to continue the conversation on networking and building your community, just join our Facebook group. Search for Social Capital Network. If you need me, send an email to Lori at socialcapitalpodcast.com. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.